welcome to Monkey Off My Backlog, the podcast where we exercise our pop culture demons by tackling our media to-do lists one week at a time. I'm your host, Andy, and I'm doing my part. I'm Joe Fulgham, and I'm in too deep to Subnautica. I'm Torin Atkinson, and I will not be eating the fruit drops. So, today we are here with the two guests, and let's go ahead and let the guests introduce themselves. Uh, Joe, why don't you go first? Uh, hi, my name's Joe Fulgham. I am... Uh, do we call ourselves content creators nowadays? A former podcaster? <laughs> I haven't made podcasts in a while. I'm sorry this is rambling. I'm a rambler. Hi, I'm Joe Fulgham. Hi, my name is Torn Atkinson, and I am a podcaster and former podcaster and sometimes voice actor and all the time uh, illustrator, storyboard artist. All right, Torin, um, top favorite voice that you've acted? Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, that's an interesting question because the one I'm most proud of is Doctor Strange in a Marvel cartoon. But that is my mm-hmm. least. It's just me. I'm not doing a voice. <laughs> it's just <laughs> basically like it's me with a little bit of, of like, I'm Doctor Strange. But, but it's like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like acting, acting, but but it's not, you know, it's not like. It's not like Skeletor or anything like that. It's not a crazy voice. It's, uh, <laughs> but I, I do like doing Bane a lot, but I've never been doing it professionally. I just do it for my podcast, Batman. <laughs> I mean, maybe you could do it professionally if they decided to go that route with Bane again. Yeah, for sure. I'm ready. I'm up for it. So, you, both of you, Joe, mm-hmm. do, are you a list maker? Are you someone who makes a list of stuff to watch stuff to experience no no Uh, not physical lists because i am a very disorganized unplanned kind of person i i live chaotically i don't work that way but i definitely do like if i see something from a person that where they recommend me something good that will definitely make me go oh i'm gonna try to remember that i have a bad memory but (laughs) if i remember it then so i kind of do have a list but it's cloudy and random yeah okay uh, on this podcast, we would call you member of Team Chaos. Then, yeah, mm. I, th- I think that's probably fair. For for me, I usually just have like my Steam library or my letterbox list. I'm just go down, pick one, and do that. Um, yeah, I I definitely use Steam's wish list. That's for sure. Yeah, but our uh, one of our co-hosts actually makes like a paper list, and it is insanity, right. insanity. I support people who are organized. I'm a little jealous. Uh, I probably could be if I put the effort in, and it's probably just a choice not to make the effort. Uh. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, I think that's true of everybody. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> we all we all pick how much effort we want to put into organizing. I suppose. Torin, what about you? Do you do you make a list? Do you? I have. Uh, if yes, I have. I have a list. Oh, I have four lists, but they're only for movies. Okay. Four, wait. So four lists just for movies. Yeah, so I have my, well, I mean, I have my uh, watch list on Letterboxd, like you do. My Letterboxd watch list is only post-apocalyptic films. Then I have my list on IMDb, my watch list, which is about at 800 and something right now, of movies I haven't seen yet. I have a database that I, uh, just a Google spreadsheet that I use. And then I also have the uh, card-sized list in my wallet that I do when I go to the actual video store to rent actual DVDs and Blu-rays. <laughs> Wait, uh, wow. as somebody who lives in the middle of Midwest America, there are still video stores in Canada. Shout out to Black Dog Video on Commercial Drive. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, nice. very much a specialty shop that is still surviving. Hope I don't know what the pandemic's doing. But, I mean, maybe good things for them, Torrin. How are they doing? Well, I mean, because everyone's stuck at home. Uh, yeah. So, uh, well, depending on what happened in the pandemic you're talking about. But I think, it's, uh, I think it's great because a lot of the, you know, you if you're looking for a certain movie and you have like, let's say, Netflix and Disney, there's a really good chance that it's not going to be on either of those, right? So if you mm-hmm. can go out to the, the video store and they have this huge catalog, and you can, you know, DVDs will have the special features as well. And you can stop and start whenever you want. And uh, you can have the subtitles and uh, director commentary, which you don't have director commentaries on anything on Netflix, right? So, yeah, that's, very, that's one of the big useful. disappointments of streaming is there's no special mm-hmm. features. Sometimes I want to hear um, Edgar Wright talk about And they could it do is. it. It's just another audio track, yeah. like a different language, right? They could absolutely do it. They don't want to pay for it, probably because not enough people see right. enough value in it. Not enough people are nerds like us. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, especially with like animation, I love to like look at the behind the scenes for animations. Totally. As a storyboard artist, I do that as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So for you, it's more like flashing back to work and just panicking, right? Oh, it's just I like to see what people are doing and to help me to be better. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Torrent's one of those lucky people who does what he loves. Like, he does not panic when he's like, oh, I get to learn more about the thing that I do. Yay. Last week, we did the James Cameron episode, and we decided for whatever reason to do uh, Piranha 2. And Piranha 2 is one of the hardest movies to find online. Mm. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... I had to resort to YouTube clips, uh, you know. See, this is this. You should start a DVD uh, video store in your town. My 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 town of like twenty thousand people. Yeah, would. exactly. <laughs> uh, they people just keep coming in, uh, wanting to. Uh, I live in Stillwater, Oklahoma, so I we have the Stillwater movie like posters for that still everywhere. Because oh, perfect, uh, yeah, that was one of my top movies of uh, watching last year. Really? Think, in fact, okay. I think it was the number one movie. My, I think that it I was last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, because uh, what's his name was here filming for like a day. Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah, I, I can remember it was Damon or Pitt. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there we go. We'll just I'll just make a DVD store of only Stillwater, and <laughs> hopefully no go. one will figure out that they can just buy it for cheap. It, um, it'll be a combo uh, <laughs> tourist shop DVD store. So like it's it's like welcome to Stillwater. You should buy this DVD from me. Well, let's go ahead and talk about what we're going to talk about. Joe, I believe you did something fun, right? Uh, What did did you do? So, well, I mentioned they don't have lists, but when I see somebody whose opinion uh, I value recommending something, it tends to go into some weird floaty space in my brain. And uh, one of the websites for for video game news that I really love is rockpapershotgun.com. They're based out of the UK, I think. Uh, And I really like them because they don't just write fluff pieces to like sell games i mean definitely they're part of that whole thing but uh they'll tell you when something's not great but uh they will also tell you when there are hidden gems and i specifically remember one of them in one of their year-end roundups saying oh my god you have to play subnautica it's made by an independent small indie company called unknown worlds uh it's it's about surviving on this water planet but i don't want to tell you anything more than that because the reason it's great is you get to learn all this other stuff as you go. So please trust me and play this game. And I went, okay, I will eventually play that game when I can afford to buy a couple of games. And I think a year or two later, uh, a friend of mine said, hey, this game called Subnautica is free on the Epic Game Store if you just install the Epic Launcher. And I went, fine. Installed it, started playing it, and I fell harder in love with that game than I have loved another game it, almost in my entire gaming history it, it's magic like i really do and i want to tell everybody how great it is but i don't want to tell anybody why yeah exactly like mm-hmm. that's well, part of why it's so good yeah yeah uh and listeners of the podcast will know for me telling me hey this thing is great i can't tell you any more about it is like the number one thing to like make me like want to go watch something like a uh, one cut of the dead. The Japanese movie was yes. all about that. Uh, yeah. See, Tor- Torrin, I know watches a lot of movies and oh, okay. Saw that in the theater that uh, one cut of the dead it was a good one. Highly recommended. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joe, I, I highly recommend one I'll cut of the out. dead. It is. Put, a, in your, put it in your, in your, in your brain zone. If it's, a, I, I'm, I think I've seen reference to it before, but yeah, if it's one of those, check it out. Don't know anything about it. Ones. I, love I think those. you would love it. Yeah. I think you really yeah. would. Yes, uh, same here, and okay. I, I just need to tell you, give it more than half an hour. Yes, definitely. You, you know that there are those people who are like, you tell them this, and then they, they go and they sit down and try to watch it, and then they're just like, oh, I know what this is already, and turn it off. And it's, right. Yeah, I don't like zombie movies generally, but everyone said you had to come and watch it, and, and I, I'm on board. Yeah, I'm kind of done with zombies too. I think that's why I didn't check it out. But I, when when people do one of those strong like recommends about you have to see it kind of blind. I don't want to spoil it, but and also give it a chance. That reminds me of another thing. I'm sorry, we're gonna have two topics that no. did that for me, which was Steven Universe. Oh my um, god! So so I got I had of course when you have friends who are fans of it, they adore it and they tell you you have to love it. And I was like, cool, I'll watch it. I. I watch kids cartoons if they're good and I watched the first three or four episodes and 
I honestly, Steven annoyed the hell out of me. I was like, what is up with this fucking kid? Why are they not, why are they letting him get away with all this stuff? I don't understand what's going on. This is a very weird show. I don't really get it. And then you go through more and it hits certain story beats and it just grabs you. And if you are not fully in love with that world by the end of that first season, uh, I don't know what's wrong with you. There, that 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 could be a, some kind of psychological test. It's yeah. genius, yeah. that show. But I didn't like it at first. You have to give it some. Ch- you have to give it some time. Torin, have you have you watched it? I have watched. Uh, I don't know how many seasons there are. I believe I've watched most of the first season. Okay, it's it's one of those shows where you can tell when the creators got the go to do what they wanted to. Yeah, instead and they of have a very a more... specific vision. Yeah, 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 and and you probably know a little bit more about that on the creative end of things, but the moment when like. Oh, they can make jokes that 90% of kids won't get. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, that's one of the things about Steven Universe, that it it does amazing sci-fi storytelling for kids that has a secret lesson that when they hit certain points in their life, they'll look back on Steven Universe and go... Oh, Steven Universe was telling me about relationships and how to, oh my God. And like, (laughs) that's part of why I want every kid in the world to have watched Steven Universe, because it's literally teaching them lessons that you don't get in school that are, it's super important. Right. Consent and what trans people are. All of that. And and how to be cool with people being different. And uh, which is, that's a thing that I think cartoons have done for a long time. But like specifically, it talks about difference of gender and all that jazz. Like all the crystal gems are female. And there's not one thing mentioned about that being weird. Like it's just, yep, they're female. Cool. In the same way that most things would have all robot things being male and nobody talks about it, right? Which is part of the brilliance of this show. It's so good. Oh my God. They're basing it off of the Robin Williams movie, Robots. Uh, yes that is not on my list (laughs) or millennial man what was the bicentennial man bicentennial Bicentennial. man that's the one thank you Uh, 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 okay so so subnautica uh luckily i've i've played a little bit and i'm okay spoiling a little bit i sure i think i think this will this will go well um Mm -hmm. it's a survival game you're in an ocean the crash is one of the, just like realizing kind of like coming up and just being in just a giant ocean. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's insane. Um, for people who usually play these kinds of games, a lot of them are like designed to be procedural generated. So that everything's different. Subnautica is not, it has mm-hmm. a standard well-crafted map. And the goal is you have a little like uh, what, 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 like a, a really future 3d printer. That can take materials in right. and spit things out, and your yeah. goal is to get off the planet. And just this lovely, easy interface. So yeah, I, I'll talk about the beginning of the game. The game literally starts in darkness. You press a button. You come to jumping into what you find out after looking around a bit is a spaceship's life pod. And like there's emergency klaxons going on, abandoned ship, you get in, it launches you out, you can see through the porthole in the top, this big spaceship that you were on, you don't know anything about it. And like the expl- it explodes, debris goes flying, you get knocked out, uh, you wake up and the inside is on fire, there's a fire extinguisher on the ground. This is the beginning of the brilliance of the game teaching you how it works. You literally start in the middle of a fire in an enclosed space, and you have to learn how to look down at the fire extinguisher, pick it up, and then point it at the fire and put the fire up before you can do anything else. And the, and the game eases you through all of this stuff. Eventually, you, you get out of your, your pod, and you find out that you're on a water planet, and you can see your ship crashed in the distance. And there's, other than that ship, 360 degrees, there's water all around you. And, oh my god. <laughs> this game is uh, seen by some as being a horror game because it is kind of terrifying to be underwater, and there so, are not nice things under there. Yeah, I, so being a Subnautica freak, I've watched tons and tons of YouTube videos that have dissected all the brilliance of it. The proper word for Subnautica is actually terror. Because horror is fear of something that you can see and know is dangerous, right? Like a big scary <laughs> thing jumps out at you, that's horror. Terror is 
I know I'm in danger, but I'm not exactly sure how. And as you play Subnautica, you start and you're just scared to... Like, you can watch streamers play this game if you're not going to play a video game. And you'll watch them see that water all around. And they'll just be like, nope, 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 nope. And they go back into the life pod. And they just do everything they can in the life pod before they even consider jumping into an alien ocean. They are just terrified in a video game called Subnautica (laughs) of going in the water and watching people experience that. And remembering me kind of being there is, again, one of the things about Subnautica that just keeps on giving it's so good uh you mentioned that crafted map there's a the the great thing about it being like a survival game like say minecraft or stuff where you gather and build and expand and stuff is subnautica also has a story that goes with it that just naturally and differently for every person who plays because who knows what direction you're going to go who knows what you're going to encounter there are radio messages that come in that can send you off to things and those actually come in randomly i found out So like every person who plays Subnautica experiences and unfolds that story in their own way. I, I, I love this game so much. The story, um, I I really want to like stress to people that it's a horror game, but it's also, there's nothing designed to scare you, right? There, there, there's, there's nothing that's like, oh, I'm going to jump out and scare you. There's, um, (laughs) except for like just finding out like behind you there might be a very 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 big yeah there are no cheap jump scares that's true like there's no oh you go to a thing and then jumps up in your face a scripted kind of thing like that it's more yeah you didn't really notice that roaring was getting louder and now you've turned around and ah and i don't want to spoil what that is but uh yeah yeah. (laughs) In Subnautica, you learn to pay attention. Oh, wow. I love it. Yeah. All right. So overall, like you'd recommend Subnautica to people. I like, honestly, I think it's my favorite, one of my favorite games of all time. Like it's always hard to pick your number one, but there's so much about it that I love. And I don't replay games like that very often. And I have replayed Subnautica five or six times. I've done two hardcore runs, which means if you die, game over. And the game is buggy, so that's actually kind of risky. It's so again, it's made by a small indie company, right? This is their first kind of big success. Uh, well, they they did Natural Selection too. They're the same company that did uh, the old mod of a shooter game that became its own thing. But like this, this is kind of big for them, and yeah, it's still a little buggy in spots. I would say don't do hardcore. <laughs> like, uh, I'm really hoping that someday they'll have a um, a multiplayer Subnautica or there's mods for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there awesome. are mods for that. Yeah. Uh, and there is a sequel called Subnautica Below Zero, which also very, very good. Uh, it's not as magical because you're not experiencing like the thing I'm hiding from all of you by not spoiling. So mm-hmm. you're like, but it's really nice to be back in that world. It's a worthy sequel, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Torin, I know you don't play games much, but has Joe done anything to persuade you maybe to play this video game? Uh, I'm playing through Fallout for like the fifth time (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i don't like change (laughs) and i know like one of the things with my media is and and this is you would say that this is a counter because i'm playing fallout 4 for the fifth time but i like games that are short like i I would be more inclined Mm -hmm. to watch a game uh, to do play a game that is short and the reason i watch movies uh, over tv series is the same thing is because i don't want to have to commit to a lot of my time to one thing right Uh, especially when there's so much content out there so i I make a conscious choice to limit myself to movies for the most part right yeah yeah subnautica can get kind of long especially if you build build a sub (laughs) and you get to a special biome and something happens and uh you have to start from scratch yeah that's true one of the good things again about so i again my brain's been about this game a lot and i've torn it apart in my head the game is designed though so that when you play it you can give give yourself a clearly defined goal for this is what i'm going to do right 
while good. I play. Like, like, oh yeah, okay, it's time to finally build a scanner room up in the north part of the map so that I can scan and see if there's cool stuff there. So that means I'm gonna, so you go out and you gather the stuff and you head over there and da 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 and you get the scanner room built and you're like, oh cool, I actually accomplished a thing that is now going to be there for the rest of the game. And then next time I play, I can use the scanner room and search around for the stuff. And I'm done. And you're done your little play session. It's like really pieced out nicely like that and definite steps of progression as you go. I don't want to say that I don't like open worlds. It's just there's too da- mm-hmm. they're too dangerous. I like them too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the brain feel good chemical makes you yeah, exactly. <laughs> want to keep exploring. So the map is only two kilometers by two kilometers. Uh, so even though you are in a giant ocean, you are technically so the 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 ocean bottom beneath you is a a giant volcanic vent that's risen up out of a much deeper ocean and that area is two by two and anything outside of it is just dangerous you don't go there like uh it's another great way the game enforces things like it doesn't put up an invisible wall but if you so here's a spoiler if you go out to the edge of that map where basically the bottom of the ocean just drops down as soon as you swim out to there giant aquatic monsters just spawn out of the darkness and start swimming at you like i see you're doomed like it's it's a turnaround or else area of the map but it's brilliant because the only things that can survive out there are giant monsters because they just kill each other i guess uh yeah it's it's good but that means that the open world is like you're gonna play subnautica it has a beginning a middle and an end cool and you get to the end and I don't want to spoil it, but it's not its not like a Minecraft where you build and you get to a certain point and you're like, well, now I'm here and whatever, I get to do whatever. No, there is a story. There are mysteries to uncover as you make your way around the map and go deeper and deeper and deeper into different biomes that are gorgeous and brilliant and spooky. I, I Yeah. And, uh, and also just the other fun thing about uh, Subnautica in general is... Uh, the the opening mystery is kind of huh there are a lot of ships that went down here i wonder why that is yeah why am i finding other ships have crashed on this planet what made us crash hmm <laughs> yeah yeah and now uh let's talk about what is one of the closest things to a post apocalyptic uh miyazaki film i guess or or we're going to talk about grave of the fireflies Yes. So this is actually uh, directed by Isayo Takahata, who uh, is has done a bunch of Studio Ghibli films. Uh, Studio Ghibli films are, of course, Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away. And the other film that uh, Takahata did that I really liked was Pom Poco, which is about um, uh, Tanuki, the uh, Japanese raccoon dogs that have the giant testicles. We talked about that on Caustic Soda. <laughs> but Grave of the Fireflies is a 1988 uh, animated film, uh, anime, as they say, and it is what uh, Wikipedia describes as an, an animated war tragedy film. And I would say that that is, that is an accurate assessment. <laughs> yeah, so basically, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how much you want me to talk about the movie. I mean, it's not like... I mean, if you've heard of Grave of the Fireflies, you probably know what it's about. The reason I watched this um, was it, this is this has been on my list for a very, very, very long time, and it's and uh, it's one of those movies that I feel like you have to be in the right mood for. Uh, it is. It is. Very, it, I would say it's it, its reputation is that it's depressing. It will make you cry for a long time, and so uh, I actually do like depressing movies. Like uh, I'm, you know, I've watched Dancer the Dark, I've watched Love Liza, and I, I'm not usually turned away by that. But I was, but you know, this is such a <clears throat> seminal. This, you know, this is on a, a bunch of the greatest uh, movies of all time lists, and so I was just waiting for the right moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, my my friend Thomas from New York, who was like, "Don't watch this movie." <laughs> so. So there were some things that were holding me back, but you came to me and said, uh, you know, this podcast is about crossing things off your list. And this has been, this has probably been the movie that's been on my list for the longest time. And I watched it this week and it was great. It is a great film. Well, the first five minutes is, so this is the story of a boy and his younger sister. The boy is, I think, 14 and the, the kid's sister is four. And this happens basically during the U.S. bombardment of uh, Japan during World War II, the firebombing. 
of various cities in Japan. And, um, and I think it's leading up, I think it takes place over the last two weeks of, of the war before um, the bombing of Hiroshima. And so it's the, it's the story of these two characters. It's, the movie starts off, the first five minutes is the main character dies. And then you, the rest of the movie is basically a flashback of everything that leads up to that. So the bombs start falling. He's with his mother. His father is uh, in the Navy out at sea with the fleet. Um, there's an air raid. And immediately you get the sense that this is just another air raid. This has been happening, you know, constantly day after day. And they're like, okay, don't forget your scarf. You know, get your, don't forget your medication. Uh, we'll meet here. <laughs> the kid, uh, the, the boy is like burying some food underground. Uh, so they can come back later if anything happens. And of course, many, many things happen. And so he's with his kid sister pretty much the entire time. Uh, he get, they get separated from uh, their mom. And he, one of, the, one of the great things, I don't, I generally the problem I have with anime is that it is so melodramatic. Like you will have characters who either just like screaming and yelling and like vengeance and all this kind of stuff or they're having like this deep angsty monologue that just goes on and mm -hmm. on and on um in this movie there's none of that the kid sees his dead mother she's been she's she's on the verge of death she's in the 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 triage hospital she's all wrapped up in bandage bandages this is still the first like 10 15 minutes and um and he just kind of looks at her and then he and then he, he yeah so he comes back the next day she's dead they're hauling out there's like maggots coming out of her bandages and stuff like that and and he goes back to his sister his sister was staying with uh, the somebody who was taking care of her while he was taking care of this business and he's just like mom will be out of the hospital later and then we'll have a great time and so the rest of this movie is basically him taking care of his uh kid's sister and trying to keep the horror away from her as they both slowly starve to death. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's rough. Uh, Joe, have you seen it? Uh, I'm embarrassed to say, well, I mean, it, my thing is the same as Torrent in that it, it's one that's definitely been on my list. And I I think I even owned it on DVD for a while before I just I sold never off opened my the DVD. package. <laughs> and, ju and just went and just went. Not I'm today. Not, I can't. I've heard about it. I yeah. know it's great but I just can't. And then eventually sold off my DVD collection and probably didn't even think that I hadn't watched it yet when it happened. Yeah. So yeah, still no. Uh, I'm, I'm aware of basically most of the major beats in the story, but yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great movie you know, um, the music, the sound design, the cinematography, you know, uh, the acting also these, these two kids, um, you, you identify with the characters. They're not annoying. You know, even, even when the, the, the the kid's sister is like being annoying you can you you process that through the older brother who is like you know oh i wish i could go do this i wish i didn't have to take care of her but i do have to and so here i am doing mm -hmm. the best thing that i can do so they're very sympathetic characters it is a tr it is a terrible tragedy um but it's uh and and if i would i would say it's not a movie for everyone if you can't handle this kind of stuff then don't watch it yeah this is the the kind of movie that i like to you know friends who are like oh yeah uh, animations for kids although not many friends yeah. do that anymore but back yeah. in back in back in high school 15 years ago like that that was this was the movie to go to like okay fine for kids huh huh watch this don't cry let's see <laughs> yeah and it's interesting because i was reading uh an interview between the director and the writer of the original the original uh story came out 20 years prior to this movie this was based on you know his his life when he was when he was a boy and he had a kid sister that he that uh, that he kind of went through the same thing as it's not it's not a, you know beat for beat the exact same thing but it's it's oh. basically it's ba it's a it's a semi autobiography is what they called it and and the author was saying I could not imagine this movie done or this story done if it weren't animated like there were people that approached him and he said and they said and he said no 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 and then when he, then somebody said we could do an animated version he's like oh okay yeah because then you can you can show things that you could never show, you know, um, what's the opposite of animated? <laughs> live action. Uh, live. live action. Perfect. That's the word I was thinking for. Yeah. So that was super interesting. Yeah. What's, what's interesting, uh, Torin, I know from uh, having you as a Facebook friend, you've been to Japan. I have. I have been to Japan. I have not 
Uh, I have not gone to Hiroshima or Nagasaki. I would like to go there mm. the next time I'm, I'm, I'm there, hopefully. Well, uh, actually, what I'm interested in is, have you seen the candy that the little girl is holding all the time? Yes. That, you can... that brand has yeah. this character. <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm pretty sure... Hang on a second. I need to see if I have a can. I do. I do have a can of candy, uh, but I brought it. I bought it in Vancouver. I didn't bring it from Japan, so it was immediately recognizable because that's that's like one of the first things in the movie is like they grab this old can, the of fruit drops they're called. Yeah. Uh, if you can turn on your video, we could joke and see oh, it, so he can sure he can he can feel the uh, the tragedy when you realize like a little girl is like holding onto this as her only possession, at at like one point. She's mixing water with all like the candy bits. Are we yeah. call this dark advertising? Is that I believe, yes, I believe this is dark, the correct dark advertising. Honestly, the candy's okay. Oh, um, there's the there's the kid. Oh, there's the little girl. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I never noticed that before. I'm so glad you pointed that out to me because yeah. I've had I've had this on my shelf with this side sitting out. No, and I I didn't be. realize that this was on there on the back on the other side. It's the kid. That's this, fantastic. Wow. This girl died. E- eating yeah. and loving our candy, and uh, I think, and this memoriam. this is a spoiler. I think that when she died and he uh, immolated her, her corpse. I think she he put her ashes into this can. He did, yeah. So you know what? Maybe. Oh my God! There's a picture of the girl whose ashes yes. are in the can <laughs> yes. of the can of the candy. Yes. Oh, that is dark. That, that is some dark shit. That is, that's like caustic soda dark. That is caught. I do. That is exactly what I was. Yeah. Jesus. Kevin working over in Japan advertising. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So who do you recommend this movie to? Who are the type of people that you, uh, I would, that you say, would recommend? Uh, you know, if you have a str- if you, if you can handle depressing movies uh, and you like animation, then this is the movie for you. And it's, you know, it's, it's all very, um, you know, I learned it's, it's pretty much historically accurate. So it was very interesting for me to see also having gone to Japan and seeing like the way that just the way that streets are made and houses are, or uh, how close they are put together and stuff like that. Like, like you get a sense of, of what life was like just another day during the fire bombings of Japan. <sighs> and it is all very matter of fact, like, like, as I was saying, like the only time this kid has like an outburst is when like they're they're both starving to death. He's he takes his kid uh, sister to the doctor and he says, "Can you give her medicine? Can you give her a shot or something?" Uh, and he and he's like, "No, you just need to get her some nutrition." And he's like, he just looks for a second. And, well, where do I get that kind of a thing? And like everyone looks at him, but otherwise, like all yeah. of these. You know, you get this, there's, there's a very, in Japan, there's this kind of sense of stoic, stoic endurance, much like, you know, kind of like Britain has as well. And so they're all just kind of like going about their day-to-day life during the horrors that are around them and not trying, not being, not being melodramatic about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh man, it is, it is rough. And weirdly, my pick for, for this episode this week, it weirdly mixes both of yours and hmm. it, it mixes the. The aliens from from Joe's video game and mm-hmm. the horrors of war. And what I watched was Starship Troopers, uh, 1997. Oh. Excellent. That is a good choice. And, yeah. And, and quite good because it is an anti-war war movie, which is what Grave of Fireflies is as well. Yeah. Yeah. Although the book, the book very is famously. The book is right wing propaganda that young me totally consumed and went, oh, I guess that's interesting. I don't want to be in the army, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so I have friends who do not see this as right wing propaganda. Like, like, like they their interpretation of Verho- Paul Verhoeven's Starship Troopers is that it is being genuine in the right. uh, yeah. in yeah. the ideas of like, oh, citizen. A service guarantees citizenship. That's right. Only citizens should vote. And it's right. just... Because they have no sense of satire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so weird to, like, have these friends and then finally finally get the chance to, like, watch this and be like, how the <laughs> did they ever... Like, like the, these are the people who watch Breaking Bad and think uh, Walter White is, is, like, the hero. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or Stephen. There are people who thought Stephen Colbert's The Colbert Show was serious. There were right wing, young right wing people who were like, "This guy's telling the truth." Mm-hmm. And the the fun part is that of that was seeing the people who um, who who would defend his takes. Yeah. Uh, oh uh, no, the satire is so hard to get right. But I can tell you, uh, from this and RoboCop, Paul Verhoeven gets it spot on. Oh yeah. Uh, for those of you who do not know, Starship Troopers is one. It's based on the uh, Robert Heinlein's uh, 1959 novel, which who don't don't really recommend reading it now. I don't think uh, most people. Uh, I still think it's a good book. I think you just have to go into it knowing that a right wing crank wrote it. But like, it's got a bunch of interesting stuff. So so worth consuming. But you know, uh, wear the gloves. Uh, I will also say that there have been talks and bubblings of an sincere remake. Oh, oh, interesting! Or like a, yeah. a re-envisionment, or a, yeah, not uh, a remake, you, but a uh, reinterpretation. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if like Ben Shapiro's production company that did the uh, school shooting Die Hard, you know, may, maybe, maybe they just want to go ahead and make a full, you know, uh, but this takes place in the future where. Um, you know, a, a rich kid gets the opportunity to to go to Harvard, get an education, and instead he has been uh, brainwashed. Very, it's not subtle to us, but <laughs> you can tell that living in this world, and and there are these interstitials that show you like the news at from this point in time that show mm-hmm. you a bunch of things. Uh, do a really good job world building. Yeah. He he wants to sign up for for the infantry uh, in this war against the bugs or the arachnids um, because the arachnids are attacking uh, humanity and uh, it is just about his trials and tribulations and the painful death of ev- just about everyone around him as uh, he unfortunately does not realize that war is hell. Uh, and no one here seems to realize that war is hell. But uh, you get a lot of great, great characters popping in, uh, character actors at least. Neil Patrick Harris yeah, mm-hmm. uh, does a lot of fun. Um, Timothy Omanson from uh, Psych pops in in one of the interstitials, and this is like a really weird thing. But more importantly, someone that I'm seeing so much of and I just love, Clancy Brown. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting. Yeah. yeah. Cla- I love Clancy- him. Clancy Brown is uh, on the new season of Dexter and is phenomenal. Um, oh, they're gonna make me watch it. Ah, uh, Joe, Joe, I'm just gonna tell you. I'll I'll, I'll cut this part out, but because Dexter ended famously terrible. I, yeah, it it was it was awful. Yes, I'm still this bad. season is on the quality of uh, seasons two or four, and okay. it addresses a lot of the things that Dexter did okay. wrong. All right, um, I'll give it a chance. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, but also, also Clancy Brown is in it, and he is yeah. That's probably the the clincher right there. Yeah, yeah. I have he, been he a just, fan of his since the first Highlander movie. Like that man's great. Yeah, I've I've been a fan of his since um since Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob, and then yeah. <laughs> like 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 really realizing like oh he's a voice actor. Yeah, oh he's sure. he's Justice League like. Uh, yeah. He's the Kurgan on Highlander. <laughs> nice uh, to see you again, McLeod. And yeah, do- totally does voice work. I wonder if the throat scar in Highlander, spoiler alert, that changes his voice was Clancy Brown's idea so that he could do a different voice later on. <laughs> Interesting. Because he likes doing voices, right? Yeah. That feels like a, a, a an acting choice. Oh, oh. yeah. I love him. He's so good. Anyway, we should yeah. get back to that. Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I mean, it's yeah. De- the season of Dexter, everyone should watch it. Um, I'll give it a chance. But but also, if you haven't watched Dexter, watch seasons one to four and then mm-hmm. stop. And yep. then maybe could could here. There's a question. Could somebody watch seasons one to four and then pick up season? This is nine. The new one. Yes. Yes. They could. You 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 absolutely could. Um, they 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 fill you in on the uh, stupidity of of <laughs> of just just how badly the finale was was ruined. Oh, interesting. Um, it's so bad. To, it's oh, I 
we, there could be a whole podcast about how bad yeah. Dexter turned out <laughs> and what they because it started yeah. so good. Those first four seasons are genuinely excellent television and super fun and highly recommended. John Lithgow is a major character yes, through the fourth yes. season. He's so good. And, uh, and then from season five on, blah, worse and worse and worse. And this new season has the sense of humor. It has particular characters coming back in ways you don't don't expect, but actually makes sense. Okay, you, you know, not not for very long, but also most importantly, I'm hoping uh, the the finale just aired. I'm going to be watching it right after this. I'm hoping that it doesn't mess it, doesn't mm. mess us up. But uh, podcasting is a very important part. Oh, of this season. <laughs> okay. Because, uh, as you know, with things like Serial and other true crime podcasts. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to leave that oh up. Oh, my anyway, God. Um, Dexter and true crime podcasts. Got it. Okay. Yep. You, you, you know what? I'm not going to cut any of that out because it, it no, is. Okay, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, telling people about good stuff is good. There's a, there's a ton of media out there. We live in a golden age. So sifting through what's good and what's not is important. Okay, yeah, you, you know what, Golden Age, uh, all I can really say about Starship Troopers is, hey, give it a shot. It The acting's not great, but it's not supposed to be great. Um, the CGI holds up real well. It like, really does, yeah. I cannot believe how well it holds up. Um, I was, was laughing uh, a lot. 1990-something? <laughs> yeah, 1997. I, I, guess, I guess the arachnids are like simple enough that yeah. they still work, uh, the mm-hmm. art style still works. And they made um, definite choices, like it's a very gray planet, kind of misty, right? You don't have to worry about yeah. reflection so much, which they couldn't do, all that kind of stuff. Like, good choices, knowing their limitations of the time. Right. And uh, Michael Ironside is awesome <laughs> in it. Appearing as he often does without a limb, right? He's missing Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's missing yep. some body parts. That's right. Yeah. That's his Ironside, um, Torin. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Neil Patrick Harris's character becomes more and more of a Nazi SS officer so, as, yeah. as as it can, goes on. It's so funny to see him as this dweeby kid. And then the next time you see him, he's wearing one of those overcoats and he even has like the two pins on his collar. Like mm-hmm. it is so clearly a, a fascist movie uh, and making fun of fascists. And yeah. uh, it, it just works. Yeah. And still people don't get it. Like that is the opposite of subtle. Like clearly an ss officer at the end being the hero and yeah people still don't get Uh, it yep so uh wonderful two hours to watch and of course you two have seen it so uh there's not too much else to talk about but you mentioned we're in a golden age of media what are some recommendations you have for people what what should people add to their backlog to like make their lives you know just that much more <laughs> well before we move on i want to talk about my favorite little trivia about starship troopers which is there is a scene where the mobile infantry all get in the shower together and it's <laughs> it's co-ed so there's men and women all naked and when they were filming that scene several of the actors were like i don't want to get naked around a bunch of other people why don't you get naked paul and he went sure and he pulled all his clothes off and he directed that scene naked to show nice. that he was a European who didn't care about nudity. Like, he was just like, this is just the way it is. We're all naked. Film. So he was nude when he when they shot that that scene as well, uh, just to help the actors out. I love it. That is, that is, that is that, a giving that director. Is... <laughs> just a European who just doesn't have that thing about nudity that we North Americans do. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty progressive, but it's still, I wouldn't want to be hanging I, out you... naked with other people that much. You 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 know I think um, British people also have that that stodginess. So yeah, really, it's 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 just the British and the the colonies. I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't I don't I don't know. Uh, you know. Okay. Well, what 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 recommendations? Uh, you know, just throw some stuff out here. Oh wow. What have I been? Let's see. What are my my late watchings uh, that I've been super enjoying? I just watched Encanto last night with a bunch of friends. The, the new movie streaming on Disney Plus. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a family with a magic house. So I could oh, not identify right. yeah, with yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't identify with them at all. I was like, must be f- nice like to have a house. Cool. I rent. Uh, the Expanse has been so good lately. We're into season six. Uh, and that is the last season, right? 
So they've said it's the last season, but I saw an article that said they might keep going after in a different way. So I don't know. Um, okay. I haven't read any of the books. I'm not a. I'm not an Expanse book reader. I've just been enjoying the series along the way. Torin, do you have any recommendations? I, I know you keep a list. I see on your Facebook constantly. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I post my. <laughs> Lately, I've gotten into this thing. I can't remember what movie started it, but I'll watch a movie. And then I will decide whether or not the title is appropriate by uh, by saying uh, was does the thing that's in the title was it in the movie or not? You know, like Die Hard. Did somebody die hard or not? How many people? <laughs> how many people died hard in this movie? How, how do you that's define kinda... hard dying though? Is there is <laughs> what, what is the difference between a hard die and a easy <laughs> and die? a soft die? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know, hard dying hard is getting killed, I guess, and. Soft dying is just, uh, you know, dying of uh, natural causes, quote unquote. Yeah. Falling asleep and passing away in your bed. Nice yeah. soft death. Mm. Uh, but be- one Being massaged mo- to death. That would be the ultimate soft. That would be soft. a soft. That yeah, would be a yeah. very soft death being massaged to death. That would be, that would, that's a whole different movie. Die soft. Uh, those are my movies. Nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the title's in French, though. It's, it's actually petite mort, whatever the word is for soft, because <laughs> uh, yes, it's yes, about yes. a little death. Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. I, th- I, I wish I knew the French word for soft, but my French upbringing in high school was terrible. I'm sorry. Le soft. I don't know. Don't make me the Google Translate. Uh, uh, it sounds like you're doing it. I'm totally going to do it. <laughs> Why would I not do it? There we go. The soft little death. Uh, la douce. Deuce. Oh, God, I'm so dumb. Deuce mort. Is that what you're saying? La douce, la douce petite mort. Yeah. <laughs> so the movie that I watched recently that I would recommend uh, is Minari, which uh, it, I believe I watched on uh, Amazon Prime. And mm. it is a movie about a Korean family that starts a farm in 1980s Arkansas. It's very... Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It's just generally... you never get You never really get tired of watching it. Um, the characters are compelling. Um, oh. They're also well acted. Um, it's uh, it's just about their struggle about to uh, both as in, as a relationship and the the farm project. Mm. And it's a nice little movie. Nice. All right. Awesome. Uh, I I'm really quickly gonna just drop a a recommend for um, Search Party season five. Okay. I haven't seen uh, Search Party season three through five, but the first two were so strong, and I don't know why I haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, what is Search Party? Uh, Search Party is a comedy question mark about um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Alia Shakat. Um, uh, she was in Arrested Development. Why can't I? Re- maybe she was maybe in Arrested Development. Okay. Anyway, yeah. um, the the premise of the first episode is it's hipster Nancy Drew. It is making fun of a lot of fun of millennials, like the kind of insufferable Brooklyn millennials, while also still being a well-told mystery about what happens when one of her, not even her friends, just a college acquaintance just disappears. Oh, that does sound fun. Um, It is the, the first, the first season is 10, 20 minute episodes. It tells a succinct story with a, you know, it's one of those uh, conclusions of what happened. It is the most obvious thing that you've ever seen or you ever heard of, but you did not think about it. It didn't even cross your mind. It is so clever about doing that. Uh, it's called Hipster Nancy Drew. Season two is uh, Hipster Alfred Hitchcock with the same characters as uh, it goes on towards a thriller angle while still being incredibly funny. Oh, okay. I um, like that. Season three. Three is a um, a hipster courtroom drama. Um, oh, I appreciate with, with Louis Anderson. I really yes, yes. appreciate the change up every season. Every season is incredibly different in both tone, while still maintaining like the same characters and storyline. Right, and I've heard that season five is something to do with the cult. Awesome. Okay. Um, I, I'm definitely going to check I, it out. It is on HBO Max. Uh, if you have HBO Max, you can probably find it other ways. It, it is also just short and easy to watch. Uh, nice. Search Party. It's it's wonderful, and it's completely just not, you know, people people don't know about it, and it's incredibly funny. Anyway. 
I, I have one more because I because okay. it totally popped in my head and it really was one that really surprised me. I'm sorry. Uh, I love talking about this media. Uh, Arcane, which is on Netflix. Oh yeah. Which it's based on the game League of Legends, which I don't think I've ever played even a minute of. And full disclosure, the company that makes League of Legends has a bunch of problematic stuff going on there. So wasn't really interested in getting into it was a little suspicious of arcane but heard some good things and watched it it is brilliant the art style the animation the world building the storytelling the creativity the the way that it's like every single i can't think of a single thing that i would improve on this like it's just this work of art that is you can't tell like I watch it and as somebody who hasn't played the game uh I don't see game bits that are standing out to me like hey here's a game bit you know what I mean like nothing nothing is mm-hmm. snapping my suspenders of disbelief as a non-player by them pointing out game anything that so I don't know what's in the game that they're making reference I've to I've heard that it's so not really related like you don't there's no there's it, no reason for you to right. understand the game to the, enjoy. the video game has like almost no actual story in itself and it's only multiplayer Which is great. so yeah the the game is just all these characters then fight over some lane yeah. me- mechanics i yeah i understand that but the the story that's presented so good just i i want to role play in that world now that's how good it is so that sounds like a thing for Torin to set up yeah come on Torin run some role playing for me yeah uh all right, no. well, uh, let's plug our pluggables and all of our other stuff. Uh, Joe, where can people find you online if they if they uh, want to find you online? Uh, yeah, uh, probably Twitter is the best place to follow me is just a person I don't know. I tend to keep Facebook for my friends. Uh, I'm on there. I hate it, though. F.U. Zuckerberg. Uh, so Twitter, I'm uh, at Joe Fulgham, J-O-E-F-U-L-G-H-A-M. Uh, I'm also joefulgem.com, but I haven't been updating that despite being a web developer myself. Uh, but that's those are the places you'll find out if I'm doing things, which I have a few things on the go right now that haven't been announced, but soon. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. And Torin, where can people find you? Oh, me? Uh, well, I have a podcast called uh, Torin's Guide to Everything, which I post irregularly, but I hope to uh, put another episode pretty quick. Um, I'm on instagram but i mostly i only just post art there my my drawings beautiful art beautiful but art. that's Thank worth following you. you for sure sure <laughs> i'm on twitter uh as well uh thickets at thickets is the uh handle there and then um uh, facebook under my name awesome awesome and my phone number is you can find me on Twitter at Andy Noted. You can find us on Twitter at Monkey Backlog. You can email us at monkeyoffinbacklog at gmail.com. Please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe uh, on iTunes, Spotify, whatever you get your podcasts. And hey, Spotify has ratings now. So that's actually something that's true. Our theme song is Hot Shot by Scott Holmes. It can be found at scottholmesmusic.com. Tweet at us, uh, shout at us, let us know what we should cover, what you thought about what we covered today, anything else. Uh, And as always, get that monkey off your backlog.